Welcome back to Coaches on the Beach. Today, Caleb Vandepeer joins us from Florence, Alabama. Caleb is the head coach at North Alabama, where he arrived this past December. He has experienced coaching at the high school club level and at his alma mater in Liberty University. He coached the men's beach and indoor team there and also the women's beach team at Liberty. Um, welcome to the podcast, Caleb. Thank you guys for having me. Big, big fan and just uh, super honored to be here. Wow, honored to be here. Caleb, it's, uh, it's pretty fun having you on. Uh, obviously, we've known each other for a couple of years now, um, back in the, the VA sand days and yeah. pretty days. Um, uh, definitely one of my favorite phone calls to ever get was I had like just gotten home from practice or something like that at Coastal. And you call me and you're like, yeah, I'm actually in Muscle Shoals, Alabama right now. And I went, son of a gun, you're you're going for the UNA job. And uh, this was huge because, you know, we've been talking for a little while and you'd mentioned wanting to get Liberty maybe to go full time uh, NCAA or getting into that. And this was like running into it and going for it. And lo and behold, you did it and cut to what, two months later, you're in Florence. Yeah. That was, so the background even more, right? The summer before, I think when we met, I think we met at convention briefly. And then then like the summer before we did a camp at Hayden and you were like, hey, the UNA jobs posted. And I did all this research. I went home, right? And did all this research on Huntsville, Alabama and thought, oh dang, Huntsville's sick. Like pretty big city. They've got a lot. And then like a week later, look up North Alabama and realize it's not in Huntsville. It's an hour from Huntsville and told my wife, like, well, the job posting is gone and it's not in Huntsville. Like it's not meant to be move on. And then, yeah, skip what six months later. And I'm calling you from Alabama, trying to be somewhat secretive because I'm not sure all the inner workings of the, uh, the college coaching job tree. And then yeah like you were you were huge in the advice of just like i'm about to jump off a cliff into something that i feel like i'm called to do but help me out here a little bit and your your advice was rock solid all right so i haven't steered him wrong yet um yeah let's let's get right into that decision because right so for those of you that don't know right caleb is um he's been in the beach game for a little while he's been in volleyball for a little while you have a lovely wife, a couple of amazing kiddos, um, and all in all, right at Liberty, you had a pretty set gig. You've been there. How long had you been in Richmond? Uh, Lynchburg. We were there. Okay. Gosh, I we moved there in 2011 as like grad students, kind of finishing undergrad, doing grad school. Played for two years on the men's beach club team, which at that time was like right when NCAA was kind of starting. It was really. A, a strange but awesome opportunity and then started coaching the beach team in like 2015 16 so it had been I didn't have as much gray hair when I started as when I finished that's for sure like I've, I've aged but it was yeah like one of those decisions I think when I took over the the beach team and maybe we go backwards on some history but when I took over the beach team I just took the men's side and the, the lady, Rachel Willis, who coached me as, as an athlete on the men's beach team, she, she did men's and women's beach had like 32 of us. And one of her, I don't know how she ever got through that, but 
she kind of took the women. I took the men's because I just wanted to get into coaching and had a job at club sports. And the following year, she stepped away because she had three kids kind of getting into the sports scene and was doing a PhD. And, you know, life was just was getting busy. And she she poured a ton into the Lynchburg volleyball scene. And I remember thinking like, OK, I want this to be NCAA. We have these unreal facilities. They're investing in the program operationally to a, a pretty comparable to probably what the rest of the, the country was at the time and kind of made that decision to say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to really focus on the girls beach side and we're going to do men's beach in the summer as kind of a cross training with the indoor team that I was not coaching at the time. Um, and, you know, kind of just set out this vision of like, wouldn't it be crazy if we ever played an NCAA school and wouldn't it be crazy if we ever hosted an NCAA school here on campus as a club team. And like, you know, that started at let's Stevenson was a really good relationship for us because they were a newer team and we were regionally close and they gave us some opportunities and, you know, it just kind of, it kind of grew from there into a pretty competitive program and kind of a lot that resonated with me from previous episodes was people just willing to, help us right like they had no business i don't think it helped them to beat a club team if anything it was probably less helpful if they did get beat by a club team created so, for and all the hours that i have with marketing that i'm so thankful for like kind of what beth was saying like the being in the business world like really grew a lot of my skills as as a leader and as a manager and learning to delegate and you know not having to do everything myself was a really big learning curve um but then kind of bringing that back into being around other coaches and again, like in the NCAA world, I feel like that first semester has been really more learning, right? Like everything I thought I did kind of well, I think, holy smokes, there's so much, like this goes so much deeper than I even thought. And it's like really exciting for me. Yeah. And let's not discount the success you had at Liberty. I mean, you know, you talked about starting the program and kind of building it up, maybe not starting, starting, but pretty darn near starting, right? And then from, hey, we're a lowly club program to, I would never schedule you. I mean, I, I intentionally, nothing against you, Caleb, love you to death, intentionally didn't schedule you at Coastal because I was like, where does this, like, how does this behoove us? This team's legit. Um, and as anybody that has, like, recruited at even the Division Two level knows, there is enough of a stigma surrounding not division one that if you're a club sport, even if you're offering scholarships and playing a division one schedule and doing all that stuff, like, ah, you know, yeah, but you're not D one. And then you guys went out there and beat division one schools. I think a couple of times, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, I think just once, just once Wilmington, Missouri no, state. We never, we know, yeah. We beat Missouri state. And that was the first, like, like that was a big, that was a big moment. Right. And at that point I had taken the men's job. So I wasn't even actually at that match, which <laughs> is so like, I, I talked to Jess, my former assistant who was like, she kind of started me in beach volleyball way, way back. And we were coaching together. And I remember just calling her and being like, this is what we talked about when I, tried to sell you what we were going to build when she was living in Japan and saying, Hey, come back and work with the athletes and be an advisor and coach beach volleyball. Like this is going to be awesome. And 
just seeing the girls, right? Like, I don't know that we, we try not to talk a lot about, hey, let's have a chip on our shoulder. But I think a lot of it was like, let's, let's look at the teams and the path that we want to be. And it's going to be really hard to get there. And it's going to require a lot of kids putting in four years of work that never get to see what they got to experience. And like, it was just, it was really rewarding for us to see, okay, like this is, this like we're not selling a lie to kids. Like we didn't have scholarships. So it was a lot like recruiting a division three school with crazy facilities and like a different experience. But I think again, helping us connect with those athletes was, hey, we're probably going through some of the same thoughts you are of, well, I could go division one. Is this going to get as much clout on Instagram if I'm just at a club team? And and really kind of helped shape me as a coach to say like, like this, this has to be about your experience. If you come here and hate volleyball, I'm a terrible coach because you're paying tuition and sacrificing how much of your time to be in the weight room and to be traveling and to be practicing. And like, if it's not going to make your college experience better and make you a better person, like when you leave, then, then I'm really failing you because like, you're basically paying me, not me, like paying the school so that you can come play beach volleyball. And I think that really was a helpful perspective for a young coach. I didn't ever have much pressure of like, hey, I've really got to worry about Colin, who's on a full ride, who's going crazy, right? Like, it's just a, hey, Colin's here, and we get to help him. There there never was any, like, I don't know, any of the stressors that, again, at 23, I might not have been ready to handle a Division One head coaching job. Like, there's, there's just different things that you learn along the way, and that really helped kind of shape some of my philosophy of like, you're a volunteer player and I love that you want to get pushed and that we have this common goal, all this group working towards something, but also let's make sure that we focus holistically on our athletes because they're not going pro. Like they're, they're going to be adults and mothers and wives and like in the real world. And let's, let's make sure they're ready for that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you take that that philosophy and it shifts right over. And I'll tell you what, it looks like the volleyball shifted right over too. I mean, 20 wins in your first year, right? You say there's a learning curve. Can you maybe fill me in on what that is? Because I'm not seeing it. Coming out here taking dubs right off the bat. I mean, where's the curve, man? Yeah, it was such a fun semester. So I have to shout out Coach Yancey. Like she was very very helpful for me kind of coming in right like coming in the, the semester of season and not replacing someone right like it wasn't hey this coach is gone or there wasn't a coach it was hey we're adding you to this position and coach Yancey who had basically built the program uh stayed on as my assistant and we had a really good couple of talks early before I got here um and I knew like I tell her this all the time, like her brain is huge and her heart is even bigger for just like, she's on fire for the Lord and she is not ashamed and coming from Liberty. Like that was a big, a big piece of like, what do I want to get into? Because faith and family are really important to me. And she's like, Hey, I, I'm a Christian and I'm a coach and it's that order. So if you're going to come here and try and spin it around, like I'm going to leave and I need you to know that. And I was like, Oh, this is not going to be a problem at all. I'm so excited to, <laughs> basically like finish, finish the wheel, right? Like 
her a little bit of her story is she has she homeschools her boys she has two awesome twin boys and lives probably an hour and a half from campus and was sacrificing a ton and I felt like it was easy for me to kind of come and draw into that to the girls and kind of add to hey like you're you're doing so much like if you asked me to drive an hour and a half one way to practice five days a week it would be really hard for me to say right like as an athlete like oh, I don't know if I could do that even even selfishly as like an older guy I'm like gosh that's a long time to to be commuting so much of my time when like I also have other things going on so she was she was instrumental like I feel like taking over and coming alongside of her made it really easy and and again kind of just filling in that we could work well together so I think a lot of the learning curve honestly for me was like with club sports we could we imply like we tried to follow car rules and for beach we never really got close to 20 hours. I used to think like how do you get 20 hours in a week that's crazy because we practice three or four days a week and then coming here and being like oh my gosh I thought I was pretty organized and prepared at Liberty but then being able to see like all the mini sessions that you could bust out with and you know like schedule team practices and group sessions and you know pair sessions and really like dive into coaching so much more than just right like my juniors level and club college experience was like here's the two hour three hour practice block here's what we're going to do and maybe some smaller group trainings but not as much as like I have all the time to to be really dialed into like when are we leaving what are we wearing like all the details for the girls were really really helpful for them to say like my parents are booking a hotel where are we staying what day are we getting there you know like just everything, every step of life could be planned. And I learned really fast at like how we operated at club sports, which was really great. Like we'd get somewhere and say, Hey, like you, where do you guys want to go to dinner? If it fits within the budget, we'll go. But like, I, don't, I wasn't necessarily planning out and making reservations and ordering food ahead, which I probably should have been, but I didn't even know, like just learning how much more you could get done. And and seeing how like committed the girls were to excellence was like, and even I didn't really need much motivation, but it was like, man, if they're doing this, there's never a day that I can complain about anything because I guess to just brag about them. So yeah, like the, the learning curve was there and, and parent, like, I don't know. I just joked with them. Like I'm the first semester freshman and y'all have been here. We had a pretty heavy upperclassmen group. So like, the core of the team the girls had formed and again like like we do on the show regularly right you guys like beth what would beth do and i heard her kind of talk about like make the team if the team is the teams they're going to work for that like what they're intrinsically motivated for we get to tap into and and i've i've tried to practice a lot of that like what what are their goals and how can i help us get there and i have my goals as well but like if i come in day 1 and say I'm doing everything different and this is what we're going to do. And none of them care or connect with that. It's going to be really hard to motivate a group or anyone to do what I want them to do versus, Hey, like what, what do we want to be? And if you decide that it's really, if I want to get in shape and I go to my trainer and tell them that they're going to be able to push me in ways that if I didn't want to get in shape, I'd say "Eh, four o'clock's pretty early in the morning. I don't, I don't care. Like, 
so I, I think just trying to tie into that and using the the structure that was there and again just being present on campus and and talked with coach Yancey a lot about I don't want to take away from her strengths right like she loves loves culture and she knows volleyball really well and I'm confident in those things too but I also can be in the office every day and meeting with the players and updating her on stuff and like booking travel and just trying to learn all the things that what an assistant coach would would do right and this this sounds really backwards and a rambling answer but I've never gotten to be an assistant right like that one year when I was with the men's but it was like hey you coach the boys I'll coach the girls and I I'm a learner like one of my personality traits is I love to learn and in some areas of life, I'm like, gosh, I'm, I've missed out on being an assistant and getting to learn from someone who knows what the heck they're doing. And I love that position. So always being in charge has been like, has some ups and downs of kind of like, it's really great being the boss, but I sometimes don't have the personality to say, hey, my way is always right. And I never will question that. Like I love hearing perspectives and learning what other people do and learning other systems. So just trying to tap into like with coach Yancey, that same thing. Like I get that in title, I am the boss and I want, I want to be that, but I also don't want to be assigning things to people that I don't know how to do myself in like reconciling P cards and planning some hotels is not necessarily what I want to be doing with my time. But when it comes, when we get some help in the office, I don't want to just assign tasks. It's like, Hey, I need you to go do this. And I don't know how to do it. So don't ever ask me any questions, just figure it out. Like, I, I feel like that makes me a bad boss. So some of the stuff that I was doing was like, Holy smokes, direct kind of like you guys have talked about, right? Like director of ops, assistant coach, head coach, <laughs> player meetings, recruiting, like it was, it's all there, but learning what, how that looks is like, is really important for me so that I can be a better, like if we, when we get a GA or an assistant coach, I've kind of tried to live the model of like, if your assistant is better than you and you die tomorrow and they can take over, you're in a really good spot because you have help. Like I don't want to be threatened that I have a better assistant coach than I might be because either they're going to go and the coaching tree grows and you know, there's someone great out there for other kids to lead, but also like, if I'm always threatened that, oh man, I, I got to keep someone who doesn't know what they're doing and keep me on top. Like, I feel like there's not a lot of growth there to, to be, I don't know. It's just not the way that my brain wants to lead. So that there has been a learning curve and we, we were, what did Beth say? We're lucky. We were lucky. We had a really good season. Um, and the girls worked really hard like they, they it in the classroom and, and we're really dedicated. And again, as a coach, that's, that's what you want, right? Like just kids who are, ready to grind and excited to kind of pursue some things that those before them might not have gotten to pursue. Yeah. And most of that part where we called her out for saying she was lucky so many years in a row. So uh, just so you know, you've, you've got about two years left on that lucky trip. <laughs> and then we start to call it a pattern and then it becomes WWKD. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You, you, you make the, the coaching uh, change sound so easy. Like when you got involved with the team, they, they kind of helped you along. Coach Yancey helped you out a lot. But I know personally, Colin knows, like we've all been hired right before the season starts and right before the madness hits, right before the travel starts. What was those first four weeks going into that first weekend, knowing that like, hey, I got 
four weeks to learn who you are, and then I'm going to put you in a lineup, and you're going to play against this other team. And then you also have real life going on on the other side where your family, they have to move down. You, you got two kids, yeah. your, your wife. What was all that like in those first four weeks? Man, the first four weeks, not surprisingly, were pretty crazy. So the, the best part is we couldn't move into our apartment for a little bit, like end of January. And I needed to be there beginning of January. So I got like an Airbnb that ended up being really awesome online and really not awesome in person and i'm not the <laughs> most picky on like I, i'll tent camp and i'll uh, i'm not like hey it has to be a like a west end right like I, i'll sleep where i need to sleep and the family wasn't here so that also helps right like i'll sleep in the back of a car if i need to speech volleyball baby um <laughs> road dog so middle of it was this was pretty bad like it was really smoky and was supposed to be non-smoking and for us like heavy deviated septum folks the breathing was like that was probably the worst part it was like the temperature <laughs> regulation and the amount of smoke was disgusting so i left and got a hotel and i got to work that first morning and it was still before the semester and i i remember calling piper i was on the phone with vrbo trying to like figure out how i'm going to cancel a three-week vrbo that I've already like checked into, you know, like it was, it was crazy and trying to figure out where I'm going to stay in a hotel. All my clothes smell like smoke. I had to go to the laundromat and wash them from just being in there for six hours one night. And then like my email wasn't set up at school yet because every like that December is like kind of a, it's busy, but it's slow, right? Like there's people in other offices they're at. And that whole first day, I remember just sitting there thinking I've made the mistake of all mistakes. Like, <laughs> I don't have, I'm like, I hadn't ordered my computer. Like there's all the things that I didn't know to do weren't ready. And oh, I, was, I was just like on the verge of a mental breakdown most of the day. And that night, uh, the tennis coaches were pretty new and shout out to them for planning these like once a month, all of the coaches and staff are invited to like, just kind of socialize. And I was sitting in my hotel and I'm like, I love people. Right. And I was not in the mood for anybody, but I thought I can't just be a bum, right? Like I can't just sit here and pout. I'm going to go hang out. And worst thing that happens is I get food and, and can come back and go to bed. And I like just connecting with people outside of work and meeting a little bit of community was like exactly what my heart needed of man. Like I love these people and I'm like, we'll be fine. Right. Like it was just that little bit of like, all right, I like where I'm surrounded with and can I'll get through this. So that was pretty crazy. And then, so Thais had made the schedule for the most part. It was a little bit of tracking down people and saying like, hello, I'm new and I don't have an email address, but I'm hopefully going to have it soon. And is this confirmed? Have we, you know, have we, do we do game contracts? Have those been signed? Like, you know, I'm coming, you know, just kind of figuring out exactly if our schedule in three weeks was actually what I thought it was and introducing a new name in it, you know, in that community. And uh, I remember just like every three days I'd say, okay, I'm, I'm caught up. We're going to be good to go. And then the next day it would be like HR meetings and trainings and an ASUN meeting, like more stuff I had to fill out that I just didn't even know was coming. And then I would feel behind again for like, okay, I think that part's good. I think this hotel's good. 
man, this first trip just can't get here soon enough because then we'll know like what I've actually missed and what I've actually got. So it was, <laughs> it was crazy. And, and again, right. Like not like trying to understand the budget, trying to meet the girls. There were like 18 Katie's on a team of 13 girls. And I feel like I'm going to know that everyone's Katie, but I don't know. It's going to take me a second to like names and numbers and meet with the girls and and the girls were nervous, right? Like, they're like, oh my gosh, a new coach is coming in. It's December. I, I'm so rusty. Like, he can't look at me now. Like, they, we've got to get out there without him. And just kind of like building that comfort. And again, I'm pretty, I'm pretty laid back. Like, I have an idea. But I, I try to tell them, like, this is your road trip that you set out on in August. And you picked up a hitchhiker that you didn't know about in December. And... I don't want to be the hitchhiker who just kicks everyone to the back and give me the steering wheel. And here we go. Like, I want to, like, it's a very much an experience and a group effort. And how do I best help that this year? And then kind of continue to grow with those people. And um, yeah, like we, our first trip was Tulane and it was so warm. And I thought, man, this, this, I could get used to this. Like the weather was pretty nice. Everything for the most part went pretty smooth. I I realized what we probably should and shouldn't eat on the road and, and like kind of learn some of that on the fly. Like we have one girl and I, she's, she's probably who I bumped heads with the most as a first in the first semester, but in a good positive way of like, she loved challenge and wanted to pick my brain on a lot of things. And, and I loved it. Some days it was like, Hey, let's talk about this. Maybe not in the middle of the drill, but it like, we had, we had this great growth and she would always say like, any amount of food you order, I will eat. And I thought, okay, well, sure. Like I'm hungry too when I'm playing, but that doesn't always necessarily, like my eyes a lot of times are bigger than my stomach. And I remember one road trip, like coming home late and, you know, we were beat up and it was a, a fun trip and we we're going to some, we went somewhere and I was like, Hey, do you think you can eat like this full order, which normally would be a split between two people? I'll like, I'll, I'll let you get one attempt and before I like dismiss you know, like I don't want you to be hungry and she crushed it and I was so proud I was like dang like you like I'm so impressed and you have now earned your stripes of like when you tell me that you're hungry for food I'm not going to question like it was just like some of those experiences right like yeah the, the volleyball was fun but getting to know the girls and uh just learn more about them and and feel welcome like they were really excited to to add to that to that roster like it wasn't it wasn't a replacement of a coach and there was some comfort in that right like it wasn't like hey we really loved coach Yancey and you're so different and this is hard for us it was like oh my gosh we have still have coach Yancey and someone else and this is so new and exciting and awesome so I think there was a lot of like blessings through kind of just the situation yeah so you mentioned the food right um Real quick, who, right? Who we gotta know? Who, who on team? <laughs> oh man, am I still having to, like on the team? Still on the team? Yeah, we only graduated two players, which was awesome too. Like that was pretty exciting. So maybe the next time I come on the show, I don't want to like throw her under. Can the you bus. at least say what the yeah. meal was? Oh yeah, it maybe even more embarrassing is, and this only happened twice on the whole tr whole season. But we were like driving home late on a Sunday. And we went to Little Caesars because it, and it's, that's not like my, it's not my go-to place, right? Like I'm a big Chipotle. Sure. 
Yeah, yeah. pizza everywhere. I love pizza. It is my pizza and donuts are my guilty pleasure, but I try not to like pass that on to the team. Um, and but like so, you know, Chipotle is a great one because it's like pretty healthy, it's fast, it's pretty easy to budget. And Little Caesars just like I mean, you can save so you can get everyone a pizza and still be like cheaper than where you go to a lot of places. So on the fly, we like ordered ahead, picked up all these pizzas, and they had this like half pepperoni, half cheesy bread, kind of like it was one one pie, half pizza, half breadsticks. And I was like, okay, you and your partner can split this, but if you think you can eat a whole one, come on. And she, yeah, she did it. And I was like, good grief, that is so impressive. <laughs> but, and it, I don't know, it's such a weird, like as, as a guy who's like, we gotta be healthy and we gotta, you know, like some of those trips after it was like, okay, tomorrow's an off day and you just played four matches and eight, like, I don't know. I, some days I kick myself about it, and then other days I'm like, it was only like $55 for the team to eat, so there's some uh, there's some value there. Those are the memories that everyone remembers. Yeah. Those are the lasting ones. So yeah. was there any other um, uh, big bonding moment for the UNA beach team? I mean... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, there was one. So yeah? To, there, were, there were a lot. Like we We had a pretty small team which I think helped too, like maybe some stress some days, but also again, kind of blessings in disguise that were like, we're going to really get to know each other and everyone's going to travel because there's only 13 of us, right? Like 13 athletes, which I would always say like, if one of you gets sick and one of you gets injured, like we're really going to be not even enough to have six pairs, which is a scary thought, but. You're preaching the choir. Yeah, yeah, it was it was small. So we went to Florida and like mid-season we went to Stetson. So again, Coach Yancey kind of handed off like this is what I think I wanted to do, but it's not totally planned and I said, "All right, like fire me up. I've got a task." And we got like a like a air like a VRBO and it was maybe like 45 minutes from Stetson and maybe 2 hours from Jacksonville and we were there for we're going to be at Stetson two days and then an off day and then go to North Florida for a day to catch the other Florida teams and then drive back and home. And instead of bouncing around from hotel to hotel, I kind of said like, we can get this one base house for the, for the week. Uh, and then afterwards we were coming back and we were on spring break, which again, hindsight was like, I should have just let the athletes maybe go, go home from there and not have to come back to Florence and then travel again. But it was too late by the time. We, uh, <laughs> so we were in this house and it was awesome. Like I, so my plan was to sleep in the garage, which is like a converted area and it, it ended up working out. Okay. Um, but it was probably like one bathroom too small. Like the coaches, like we kind of had like, this is the adults section of the house and this is the kids section of the house. Kids. I use that too loosely. But we got a puzzle, we got like this huge puzzle and we assigned teams and team building into like, here's who's cooking, here's who's cleaning, here's who's uh, doing like the, the house kind of general pickup and here's the schedule, yada, yada, yada. And like one of the first nights, somehow Hunger Games came on, right? And it's like, you know, we're flipping through. So we've got people working on a puzzle and it was not a mansion. Like we were, we were in each other's space most of the weekend, which again, I loved like just being able to be a fly on the wall with this team. 
and we have people working on a puzzle, people playing ping pong in the garage, people watching Hunger Games. Coach Nancy had not seen Hunger Games, I don't think. So like the first one ended and she's like, tomorrow we got to watch the second one. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And then the puzzle, like this, I don't know, 10,000 piece puzzle. And they're like, hey, don't take that apart. We're going to finish it in this week that we're here. And as the week went along, I kept waiting for like one of these days, everyone's going to snap and lose their minds because it's just so many of us in such tight quarters. And one night it got close and then everyone kind of like went to bed and there was no, it was just like, oh man, there's tension in the air and it's right before bedtime. And is it going to like, is it finally going to boil over? And then we all woke up the next morning and everything was great. And they, we finished the puzzle like an hour before we left for the airport. And, you know, it was just this like six days of not being apart from each other. And then we came home and I went home to the family and was like, I just need like 24 hours of, of peace and quiet. <laughs> but the girls all went with me like in like four groups on spring break together. And I thought, holy smokes, like you guys just, spent it was like big brother in the house right like i mean you were just it was a reality show and then all of a sudden they're still hanging out with each other and i i said it a lot this year but i'm like the the bond that that group had i had a i had a men's team at liberty like this where like the first road trip they were all on the way home we won this tournament and our strength coaches driving the bus and we're coming home and the guys were like they were all sophomores and one junior and they were like acapella-ing Disney songs from like, from my childhood and new one. Like they just knew every word to every Disney song for three hours back from DC. And I remember talking to our strength coach and I'm like, this team has something that like great teams have where you aren't worried about how goofy you are around you. Like, I don't, it was just one of those things where like that, that secret sauce and seeing and kind of being around the girls, it was like, I felt a little bit like that. We're like, we're all a little goofy and we all own our quirks because we know that we're in a really safe space and family and like we could push each other, but also just be who we wanted to be and not feel like that wasn't going to be enough. You know what I mean? Like this just really confident and comfortable and that like that week was very very solidifying and and we weren't like we lost a ton of games that trip but it it still was like encouraging right like it was like man we were really close or we've never taken a set from this team or like how we had three courts losing three like very motivating for them to say like hey we can go for six days and live on top of one another and lose a lot and come home and still want to spend time with each other and like I don't know, it was really that was a really like pivotal point in that season that I wish could always happen, right? Like I wish I could always right before spring break or right on spring break find a place to play in Florida, which might be possible, but <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, you guys must have gone through just the the true I mean, you're a true beach coach, uh, whether you're, you're six months in or not, right? I mean, you've volunteered to to live out of your car when you first moved to Florence. <laughs> Right. You're figuring things out on the go. We're sharing a, a VRBO with 14 other people. That's beach volleyball in a nutshell. Oh, yeah. uh, I was even like, I have led you into that question thinking uh, about the sugar beach bash. 
Oh, um, yeah. Saturday morning, second day of the tournament. So <laughs> Southeastern obviously hosts this event. Michael, you were there. It's Caleb's so team today. I get a call from Caleb at like 9 o'clock in the morning. Hey, man, um, I know we're going to play here soon, um, but our bus won't start. <laughs> so we might be a little late. And so I snag a 15-passenger van and Jeremy snags his truck, and we drive over there and pick up UNA's team to come back. I don't know. You guys must have been playing UNO or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe Kingsville that morning. Kingsville, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, what a beach moment. I mean, how often are you going to get two teams picking each other up on the on the bus? You know, you guys, you've obviously, you've got the beach lifestyle. Um, I think one of the things that's been so apparent to me obviously in over time, but then in this conversation, even more so is like, you are the example of servant leadership, which if anybody's ever read anything about coaching or leading groups, right. Uh, Simon Sinek's book, leaders eat last it says it right there. Yeah. You've embodied this. Where, where did that come from? How did you get to that point where you're so comfortable being like, no, I'll be the assistant. I got it. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. The bus, that bus, that trip was wild. So <laughs> quick sidebar, the reason we had an awesome bus driver and I, I strive with the girls to say like, let's make an impact where we go, right? Like we, if we get a bus driver or we're staying at a hotel, we better find a way to impact those people's lives while we're there, whether it's through some conversation or like learn something about the people because we probably might be at that hotel again next year or see that bus driver again. And something I did as a player really poorly was be too, I was so competitive and I wasn't crazy. I wasn't winning big tournaments, but in my mind, it was like, I have to be this dialed in to even like not go 0-2 in these men's open events. And after like the fifth year of seeing the same faces thinking, dang, I really just missed out on four years of getting to know these people who love the same thing I love. And like, again, coming from a basketball space where, maybe it was a little less community friendly in my upbringing. Uh, like that was something I remember saying, like I got to make sure my athletes understand this better than I did, because especially in the college space, right? Like you're going to see people for a really, really long time at a lot of events, multiple times a season. And they are people who can add a lot of value to your life. And that isn't always thought of as a freshman against your rival team, but again, that club, that club world, like seeing guys graduate and then play grass tournaments with Virginia tech had a really great program. And then they're out winning money together and are like, man, these guys are, these guys are cool. And it's like, yeah, like these are people playing volleyball, not a uniform with like, that is destined to be your enemy. Right. And I think, I think that, I don't remember where I was going with this, but on that trip, our bus driver was like, wild right like, i've never passed more people in a coach bus in my life the cruise, <laughs> I think the cruise was at like 87 i was so scared like we talk about like sometimes the coaches have to drive the vans and i would have trusted myself maybe a little more in that situation and then the batteries died on the bus and she had like three cars in a parking lot hooked up to the bus battery trying to jump it which I mean, it was crazy it was crazy it was just it was crazy and there came colin to the rescue of like, this is the weirdest phone call I've ever made. <laughs> Trying to be professional in a space, in a new space, and then being like, I'm gonna need an Uber for 
14 of us to come to the game that we're supposed to be at. So that was, a yeah, that was, there were a lot of them. Um, servant leadership part. So I owe a lot to like just Liberty, like the club sports job. I was a GA, I was a student worker, right? Like driving the Zamboni at hockey games and then becoming a GA for the marketing side of things. And then kind of just like growing through that by opportunity and the athletic director for club sports, Kirk Handy, also the hockey coach for like for man 20 plus years was one of the greatest bosses that I ever could have had because it's, it's how he, it's what he, like we did book clubs and we dialed into culture and, and he just did a really excellent job of leading that way. Like, and we got so much done and I don't know, like I felt like he kind of shaped what leadership could look like. And I, I had a lot of, what I think a lot of similar personalities to him, right? Like I'm not the guy who's gonna like, I don't, I don't love conflict. I deal with conflict, especially when it's like, if it's about the team or someone close to me, I will be a bulldog. But if someone's like, eh, would, like Caleb carry this. Okay, great. Like I, I have no good or bad, right? Like I'm not gonna necessarily stand up for myself the way I will for the people who I feel like I'm leading. Um, and I don't know where that came from. like. I'm going to now do some research because of that learning, like what it, what it was, but I think just seeing how, how much like when you care about people and you do things, my mom's a big server, uh, like, I feel like mom, sometimes you talk about moms and it's like, she never does anything for herself. It's always for other people. And maybe some of it came from that. And sometimes I get frustrated about it because I'm like, you got to take care of yourself too. But I think it's just really important to like we're expecting so much from the athletes, right? Like, and I, I don't want their performance to feel like, well, if, if I'm, I am how I perform, like I, I really try and break that stereotype way down to like, you are who you are, regardless of your profession or your success or your club athlete or division one athlete or Olympic athlete, like, your value is not from anything that you do, but also I feel like I expect, we expect so much from them. And then other times it's like, I don't, I want to be able to match that. And at, at club sports, we talked a lot about like, right, like Liberty is really, really financially blessed. And some of the challenges were, I want you to feel like you're a division one athlete in a club athlete space, but I also don't want you to be like in the club world, and this is a little different for NCAA, but I'm still trying to like find the same parallel of like our men's team had everything done for them, right? Like they show up to practice, they show up and compete, but like all these other club teams were self, mostly self-led, uh, funded by themselves, driving themselves. Dudes would be eating like loaves of bread in a gym because that's what they could afford as a college kid. And they drove six hours and paid for a hotel and a thousand dollars to play in a tournament where like our guys got on the coach bus and their meals were already ordered for them. And they didn't like, they weren't paying, like they were truly living the life to go and just be an athlete. And I always tried to tell them, like, I don't want this to make you, I always called them. I say like, don't become a trust fund college kid, right? Like nothing wrong with trust fund kids, but like, if you get a Lamborghini when you turn 16, 
that's there's different than like oh man i bought a 300 dollars car when i turned 16 so i could drive to the grocery store and like kind of like you talk about like the beach volleyball lifestyle like we aren't necessarily spoiled by things as much as experiences and i i try to instill in the guys like because you don't have to sign up for a tournament and figure out where your next meal is coming from. It doesn't mean you're void of responsibility. It means that you have a higher responsibility to like fill that, fill that with something else, like go offer help to the tournament director or make sure we're cleaning up our trash or be the best ref team that there is, or, you know, like, and I, I think from, from that came some of my servant ship too. like, it'd be really easy for me to say, Hey, go do these things because I'm your coach. But I try and think of it as like, I'm ready for, you're working to be your best and I want to serve you to feel like you're free to be your best. And if I can carry the tent and set it up, that also then allows you to like do more. It doesn't mean you're void of responsibility, but it means you're going to dial into a deeper sense of responsibility. So I don't know, that's really a really long and like windy answer. But I think, I think just seeing some of the people who impacted my life and saying like, volleyball is more important than me and beach volleyball and these athletes like when I did VA sand it was not it was like a side gig to do juniors volleyball and I remember thinking like I don't want volleyball to be my livelihood in the club space because if I start turning it into like I need 10 kids to pay my bills I'm not going to be a great coach because I'm going to need 10 kids more than I want to like help I don't know I was a just trying to like keep a healthy perspective on like if it ever becomes about me i'm in a really really unhealthy space and that doesn't mean i'm going to be successful but like i'd rather fail as a servant leader than change to like maybe not be comfortable with the, the decisions that you're making in a day to to maybe chase some like short-term success and and i think some of my faith plays a part in that too like what I try and instill the girls with, whether they are big believers or not, is like, I'm confident in who I am. Not because I was a really bad or really good volleyball player, but just because of like some other truths in my life. So trying to like really help instill that in younger athletes and especially in the girls game where like, again, boys to girls club was so funny, right? Girls come out and they're like, well, I played indoor for 15 years and I was on my you know, every, the ones team of every level and I played beach for two years and now I'm at Liberty, you know, like it's going to be a nurse and I'm playing beach volleyball. And I, like, I feel like I'm okay. I'm not very good, you know, and the guy, and it's like, well, you've been playing your whole life and you're pretty good. You have a lot of potential and a lot of skill. And the guys would come out and be like, never touched a volleyball in my life, but I'll be in the next Olympics. Don't you worry about it. And it was so <laughs> crazy. It was so crazy seeing like, I didn't want to coach men's indoor and Kirk athletic director was like, keep talking about wanting to, you know, jump to the NCAA for beach. Why not challenge yourself here where your family's comfortable? You know, like, and he did, he like, he talked me into the best decision of like, I'm going to challenge myself in a space that I'm not totally comfortable in, didn't have any real experience in and grew so much from the boys, but also helped really make me an impactful coach for the, for the girls that I coached to see like, holy smokes, the, the guys really pushed me and stretched me in ways that helped me be a better coach for the girls. And also maybe reminded me that like so much of our job sometimes is about, about confidence and that doesn't necessarily come from, it can come from ripping a volleyball, but like 
like again just pour into those kids to be awesome humans because they're going to be playing women's opens and whether they pursue professional or professional careers volleyball or workforce like I think they've got to have the tools to to know how to be successful and they can learn that through beach volleyball hopefully <laughs> if they listen to enough Beth Beth uh, <laughs> podcast they're gonna learn that. The, this is to listen to Caleb more yeah <laughs> This, this is a question I've been wanting to ask you because you have a newer set of eyes. You know beach volleyball. You know the game. Um, and I forgot to ask it to Beth on our podcast with her. But what <laughs> what would be next in beach volleyball that you would like to see? What would be next in the NCAA game that either you've seen in your past or that coming in, you're like, wow, that could be so much better or we need more of that? Sometimes I'm a little... Uh a little bit like quiet and shy on again that learning like I don't know what's best because I just want to learn from other people but I really have lo I've loved seeing kind of the Paris championship develop I think that's really healthy for programs that might not be competitive for a national championship but if there's some value to if there's more value added to that and I don't know I don't know exactly where it will go but I think it's really cool to be able to say like, hey, I'm really, really solid. And I think back to the old LSU, like with Cloth and Ness and gosh, I don't, when it first started out in California, Colin, this is like scratching your, your uh, files that go back. Like there was a men's, it was like USA Collegiate Beach Challenge was kind of how it started. And John Justice and Adam Winkowski, I want to say won that first one. And it, for us, right? Like they were Florida State club dudes and they beat some Hawaii D1 indoor players. And it was like, this is putting club on the map, baby, let's go. And and seeing some of those, like, I feel like LSU has this dominant streak of pairs championships, be it ABCA or USA, kind of like when the USOC ran it in California in the summer. And it was really cool because it was like, hey, they, like they're, they're building a, an incredible program at LSU, but it also is getting to be able to highlight those kids and not feel like I have to go to USC or UCLA to win a championship. And if the, as the Paris things grow, it's like, man, I can, I can help be, I want to help build a program, but I also get to display that I'm a, still a high level player in a, a little more of like, a, I don't know, I don't know if selfish sense, but like that pro sense of like, I might be the best I'll use like Paula and Taylor are ones like they're so excited to play in that because we're a growing program and they're really good. And we needed, we need some good kids to say like, Hey, I want to go be program builders, not necessarily like join the giants. And I think that the more that that can, that we can highlight some of these like really good players, it helps, it helps kind of keep that playing field interesting, right. From like, who we want to be um and maybe a little bit like i'm excited to see some like comp like some structure some of this i didn't necessarily know about in december and felt like i learned on the fly of like you know conference structure and i think it's trending in a really really good direction with a lot of of bright minds and motivated people in the beach community to get it there but um like i think you guys talked about we practice 100 and forever days and we compete 16 of them and it's not like you can do six matches in a day 
you probably could, but like there's there's kind of a limit to like how much we play, how much we compete, and a, still a little bit of that like wild wild west feel of like I find it I found it kind of crazy that like this year right like the newbie in the ASUN, like if I just didn't want to play any ASUN teams, I didn't have to, and then I could go to the championships, and it's like man, maybe selfishly that could be really cool of like, well, they're not going to know who we are and what we look like potentially, but also gross for the game. Like, again, kind of that same concept. Like I want, I want volleyball to be bigger than, and maybe it's a little naive and like fairy tale land, but like I want to make decisions and strive to be a coach that makes decisions that benefit the game, maybe more than myself, right? Like it's expensive for us to travel to Florida but I, I'm almost willing to say like, hey, I wanted, I will be willing to do this and sacrifice a trip to to Texas if it helps our league grow. Because if our league grows and gets more, you know, kind of like the indoor set schedules, et cetera, et cetera. I don't, I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I really like the the idea of sacrificing for the greater good of the sport to continue to see it grow. Yeah, that's a that's a perfect perspective of uh reminds me a lot of david fisher um i'm sure you you know fish well at wilmington right but i feel like that guy is constantly making decisions that are simply to improve the sport from like this bird's eye view right he sees the whole picture feels like you have a pretty great view of, of everything and i'm sure a lot of it's got to do with your background and where it comes from you know i'm the Maybe it's because it's the only thing I've ever known. Um, I lean towards the, like, I like the wild, wild west of, of scheduling. I like the fact that I can look at it and I can go, you know what, week two, boom, we're going to Florida. And week five, we're going to Texas. And, like, I enjoy it for me. But, once again, it might be because that's the only thing I've ever known when it comes to scheduling, right? Indoor scheduling to me is, like, I pick one weekend a year and everything else has been a contract up until then, so – Right. I've never really, never really gone off on the the preseason and then into the season. Like, I didn't like when I was in the Sun Belt. I hated the fact that, like, oh, where are we going? Oh, I have to plan a trip that takes me into San Marcos, Texas, and out of Arlington, Texas, or a trip that takes me from Atlanta to Troy, Alabama, to Mobile, Alabama, back to Myrtle Beach. Like, to me, I was like, I hate these trips. These suck. These are brutal. <laughs> Yeah, it's like playing a ticket to ride and getting like the worst three. Like, how am I supposed to connect these trains? Yeah, yeah, and, and maybe like, I guess maybe it's a little bit of like if we could grow. I don't know if expand our season is even like the practical term, but even if it's like, hey, like this, like if every conference said, hey, this is the conference weekend, and every other weekend is still then wild wild west because there's no like, okay, we know this one weekend, everything gets knocked out and maybe it's three days and that leaves us the other 13 days to play anyone and everyone. And if you have to stay regional or you can go far, I do think some of that is is interesting as well. Like I like the freedom and it kind of forces, it forces the game's community to still be community, right? Like, whereas for indoor, sometimes it's like, well, I just, they tell me who I have to play, so I don't even have to have a relationship. You just know I'm going to be there. Where for us, it's kind of like some of the beauty of our job is that we get to reach out to people that, like for me personally, like, man, this seems a little out of my league that I am sending this email, but here we go. And like, like you guys have echoed it really well. Like the everybody is so dang welcoming and encouraging and 
even if they have a no, there's like suggestions with the no, right? It's not just like, I think you said it, Colin, like Marcio was kind of like, well, I'm not hiring, but let me, and it's like, if people don't have to do that, that's a really, that's a sign of something really healthy when it's like my no involves a little bit more of like, but if you want to try this, I think that's such an easy, sometimes overlooked part of like, don't just say no and end it. Like a no with something is always so encouraging to me. Um, and then my last thought before I, before I forget it. So you mentioned uh, Wilmington and Fish. That, like I sometimes struggle with like, who's my mentor in the, in the space, right? Cause it's like, there's a lot of people that I really, really look up to, but he has a, a special place in my brain and in my heart because he was the first division one school that let Liberty come play. And I remember being like, Hey, like we will come to Wilmington. We can make it there. We'd love to do anything. And I, I hope that we're not embarrassingly bad, but like, I, ju I just want to try. Right. And he's like, Hey, come, we're going to do it. And he had us and he's like, hey, I'm really impressed. I was not expecting you guys to have uniforms and to match and to have 12 girls, you know, like you guys look the part. We want you to come back next year. And, and they be that like, it was fun because we were like, well, we got to play UNC Wellington. This was awesome. And I remember him saying some like encouraging, encouraging stuff to us. And then the next year we went back and I thought, man, this guy, like you said, right? Like he's making a decision based on volleyball, not his game. And I remember always just being like, Hey, we're a club team. I just want to, like, I didn't want to try and dupe people and be like, Hey, Liberty showed up and they're actually a club team. What the heck? Because I like, again, I just I didn't want to offend the space. And I remember him saying like, if you walk like a duck and quack like a duck, you go ahead and be a duck, right? Like it doesn't matter that you're a club. <laughs> if you're, if you're going to be this level, then just own it. And if, if someone doesn't want to play you, that's okay. But like, you don't have to keep, you know, like, painting this like well you know maybe maybe you know, like and it was really like it was really encouraging to me and I think back on that a lot of like man we we were just so lucky that he that he said yes and then again like our girls loved getting getting to compete against that level at that point where it's like hey what are we made of right like it was, it was just beach volleyball and I remember David saying that all the time, like, it's beach volleyball, right? Like there's a ball and there's two players on each side and we played a 21. And as long as you guys aren't, you know, like missing bodies and just unorganized, like it's, it's volleyball and, and there's, there's benefit to that. So he is someone that I'm like big, big fan of just his, like everything about him. He's awesome. Yeah. This might be a ding, 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 Michael. We might need to get, we might need to get fish. <laughs> I ASAP, think so. Bro. Yeah, highly. I I would recommend. I would listen to that episode too. Pretty much anyone you have on, I'm going to listen to. But <laughs> a little excited there. We appreciate it, Caleb. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, it was awesome. I know you got a couple of kiddos that are probably trying to figure out why Dad has locked himself in a room for an hour. Um, so we really it, it means a lot that you took the time. It's it's so fun. Um, obviously, I think we've been peers for years, but now to be on the same kind of like we're scheduling each other and. And I, I'm not worried about uh, playing Liberty because they're a club team. I'm excited to to keep scheduling UNA and to to get to see you more and more often and, and see how you take that program forward. And it's awesome. Yeah, and guys, I, I I'm telling you, when you texted me, I was almost 
gonna text one day like hey if you ever like get really low down for a guest i would love to be on it and then the next day you i got a text and it was like fam girl on the back. Ah, okay. <laughs> so that like, I, I don't know huge fan of you guys and like just what you're doing in the space and what you're doing with your teams and i don't know just proud to proud to be able to be a colleague with with what you guys are doing and can't thank you enough for the the time we owe you a pizza and a box of donuts next time we see you <laughs> i don't need it i don't need it man what an awesome episode with caleb vandepeer from university of north alabama just excellent hearing uh, where he came from and his perspective on the sport and where it's going such a fun interview yeah i i really like to hear like his take on um, helping the helper and making sure that he's really supporting his student athletes and not just running the show, but being uh, just a, a shadow almost to his team. I think I think that's a really cool take on things, and I, I think he's going to take that team a long way. Yeah. Well, some quick current events in beach volleyball and beyond. Um, we do have some movement still, even though school is about to start here in the fall semester. Um, congratulations to Terry Del Conte, who the head coach at UAB, who is now the head coach at Florida International, taking over for Rita Buck Crockett. Um, that does create an opening at UAB. We also saw Alex Luna resign from Stephen F. Austin. Um, best of luck to him and wherever he's off to. Their head coach search will begin pretty shortly. We also saw a couple of USA teams take some silver medals in Montreal for the Elite 16. Andy Benish and Miles Partain um, lost to the Norwegians, got the better of them twice in Stad, Switzerland. And then uh, Betsy Flint and Julia Scholes lost to the, the hometown favorites, Melissa Humana Paredes and Brandy Wilkerson in Montreal. Some more pro beach coming up this weekend. Atlanta, August 4th through the 6th, will be having the AVP once again. Gold Series, so it should be a pretty stacked uh, entry list. Uh, if you're in the Atlanta area, go check out some high-level professional beach volleyball. For sure. And we also wanted to kind of throw a, a, a reach out there um, to get some feedback on our episodes. Um, if you guys are still listening all the way through this far, um, please send Colin or I a text, an email, whatever, uh, message on any sort of social media uh, just to see what you guys are thinking. If you guys have other people that you would like to hear on, if you would like to be on our show, um, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, I think that would be really, really cool to get some more feedback on how we can start doing things a little bit better. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.